Across the globe, 2,800 dedicated soldiers and civilians at 23 locations in 11 time zones stand ready. This is SMDC. Welcome back to the High Ground Studio at Redstone Arsenal, Alabama, home of U.S. Army Space and Missile Defense Command. I'm Ronald Bailey. And I'm Melissa Bullard. For Episode 6, we've got a full lineup of news and interview content for you, including... How the command will be issuing $10,000 bonus checks to each SMDC soldier on account of all the travel money we saved last year due to COVID. SMDC soldiers use a 50-kilowatt high-energy laser to etch beat Navy on one of the dormitory buildings at the U.S. Naval Academy. And soldiers can enter our Facebook short essay contest to win a free ride on a SpaceX rocket with one of our Army astronauts. Hey, hold on just a minute. Is any of this true, Beetle? Nope, not a word of it. Would this have anything to do with the fact that it's April 1st today? Maybe. Okay, then. Y'all stick around to hear SMDC's real news and interviews on the other side of Ronald Reagan. What if free people could live secure in the knowledge that their security did not rest upon the threat of instant U.S. retaliation to deter a Soviet attack, that we could intercept and destroy strategic ballistic missiles before they reached our own soil or that of our allies. Okay, somebody go perform CPR on Lieutenant General Carbler and see if I still have a job. Anyway, here we are at episode six, which should be hitting the net in April, 2021. Melissa, thanks for joining me. I'm happy to be here, Ron. Melissa is a contractor supporting the SMDC public affairs mission out here in Huntsville and having a first go at co-hosting the podcast with me, although she's been on the podcast before. That's right, Ron. On the very first episode, I interviewed Mary Birdsong from SMDC's small business office. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, Seems like a long time ago. Nice piece. Uh, Anyway, what's up first for our listeners this month? To start off, Sergeant First Class Aaron Ronstad from our team out in Colorado Springs put together a piece that actually fit well with last month being Women's History Month. In it, we'll hear about how an SMDC soldier, Sergeant First Class Abigail Keller, received the prestigious Bronze Star Medal for her actions in Iraq last year during the Iranian missile strike on an Al-Assad airbase. Let's take a listen. The Bronze Star, established in 1944 and given to members of the United States Armed Forces for either heroic achievement, heroic service, meritorious achievement, or meritorious service in a combat zone, was awarded to one of SMDC's own on March 12th. Attention orders. The Bronze Star Medal is awarded to Sergeant First Class Abigail H. Keller, First Base Battalion for exceptionally meritorious service in a combat zone with exposure to risk of hostile action in support of Combined Joint Task Force Operation Inherent Resolve. Her outstanding performance during combined operations in support of the coalition contributed to the overwhelming success of the command's mission. Her actions are in keeping with the finest traditions of military service and reflect great credit upon herself, Combined Joint Task Force Operation Inherent Resolve, and her country. For service from 23 June 2019 to 18 March 2020. Signed, Robert P. White, Lieutenant General, United States Army, Commanding. It's rare for soldiers with space-centric military operational specialties, MOSs for short, to get bronze stars, much less female ones. 
Due to the nature of the space domain, many of them remain out of harm's way for the majority of their careers. And due to the lack of women in space units, the chances of a female in SMDC getting a bronze star are extremely slim. Keller and her fellow space soldiers endured a three-hour ballistic missile attack at Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq on January 8, 2020. Incoming, incoming, incoming. Keller, the detachment NCO, organized and moved her soldiers to safety, displaying a cool, calm and collected demeanor during the night's attack and praised their actions under fire. Uh, when the ballistic missile attack happened, everybody demonstrated excellent resiliency in the face of uh, such a massive attack, like some, something like that. It was, it was terrifying, but you do what you have to do to take care of your soldiers and to make sure everybody's okay. And all the leaders in that detachment did everything right that night, and all the soldiers did everything right that night to take care of themselves and each other. Everybody reacted exactly how they were supposed to and held themselves together extremely well in the face of a, of a huge attack. When asked what Keller thought of receiving the Bronze Star during Women's History Month, she downplayed it, not talking herself up, but was also honored. I happened to be the detachment sergeant there at the time, and I just so happened to be a woman, so <laughs> it's just coincidence, I guess. Keller then touched on being a female in a male-dominated MOS. There's definitely been long stretches of time where I'm the only female in my space unit, uh, which is a... It is a little bit isolating, um, but I've been fortunate to have a lot of really good um, male peers around me and male seniors. And so even when I was the only female on a unit, I, I didn't necessarily feel alone. So space has been really good to be that way. This is Army Sergeant First Class Aaron Ronstadt signing off from Peterson Air Force Base, Colorado. Wow, she's amazing. What an honor for SMDC. Yes, sometimes the recording quality is a little rough, but we do try to be right there with the soldiers. And sometimes that's in their work centers and the motor pool and so on. So it's not always ideal for recording. But to us, it's more important to get the story directly from them, no matter where they are. For our next story, we go right back to Colorado Springs and Sergeant First Class Ronstad to learn more about 1st Space Brigade's new commander, Colonel Donald Brooks, who assumed command of the brigade March 5th. Colonel Donald K. Brooks was named new commander of 1st Space Brigade at an assumption of command ceremony at Fort Carson's McMahon Auditorium on March 5th. Brooks became a space operations officer in 2008 and commanded 1st Space Battalion from 2017 to 2019. He recently established U.S. Space Command's Space Integrated Planning Elements at both U.S. Special Operations Command and U.S. Central Command, where he served as Chief. Lieutenant General Daniel L. Karbler, Commander, USASMDC, welcomed Brooks back to the command in his speech during the ceremony. And, and it's really, it's a welcome back to First Space Brigade. It's welcome back to the space team. As many of you know, just a little over two years ago, uh, Don gave up command of the 1st Space Battalion. So we're fortunate that you're back here, Don. We're fortunate that you bring the experience and expertise to your new role now as the 1st Space Brigade commander. And, and it's, uh, we're just very fortunate to have you uh, taking charge of this team. But uh, Don's work uh, that he did down in Sock South and uh, in, in helping out SOCOM as well as CENTCOM just demonstrates the breadth and depth of experience that he brings to the job here in the 1st Space Brigade. 
Brooks became the 12th commander of the brigade, the Army's only space brigade, which began operations in 2001. I've seen firsthand the business end and the capabilities you, you provide to joint and multinational warfighters. You truly are the cutting edge and future of warfare as we establish dominance in the space domain. What you do is critical to keep the peace and to ensure victory when called upon. I look forward to serving with you each and every day and earning my seat at that table. The brigade is multi-component and has units from the active Army, Army Reserve, and National Guard. Brooks touched on where he would like to see it go from here. So the tiers of command where I like to see this brigade go is to, to really solidify as one team of professionals uh, across multiple components of you know the active force, the reserve force, and the National Guard um, focused on providing space, missile defense, you know, high altitude forces and capability to support joint and coalition uh, warfighting readiness and, and capabilities across all domains. With his new assumption of command, Brooks outlined his leadership philosophy. I would say, in a nutshell, my leader philosophy is that uh, I, I really pared it down to three bullets, uh, and I continue to uh, I had those as a battery commander and as a battalion commander, and and I really see myself doing the same as uh, as brigade commander. That philosophy is, you know, all of us, everybody in the organization, we know and do our jobs. We execute as warriors. Hey, utmost, we remember we're American soldiers and we act like it at all times. And so under that, you know, new and doer, know and do our jobs, I always say, you know, fortune favors those who prepare. Readiness is our number one focus, but our, our number one priority is on our people. And, uh, you know, we're experts in, in what we do, but we also maintain balance. We take care of ourselves, our families, as we go forward in everything we do. As far as executed warriors, you know, the, the one-liner from the opening of the latest Mission Impossible movie where the uh, you know, fate says to the warrior, you cannot withstand the storm, and the warrior replied, I am the storm. For me, attitude is everything. You know, we're ready and trained to, uh, you know, to fight and win our nation's wars. Yeah, that, uh, you know, be bold and innovative. We execute with discipline initiative while performing routine tasks routinely, while at the same time, standards and discipline is a trademark of this, of this organization and of every soldier within the formation. And last but not least, you know, remember, we were American soldiers and act like it at all times. I, I truly hold that one near and dear to my heart. You know, the United States Army is actually one year older than the republic to which we've sworn to give our lives to protect and defend. This nation truly was built upon the backs of men and women in the United States Army. And I truly do believe they look down upon us from heaven. And it's our solemn duty every day to make them proud of what we do. So we have the strength of character to know and do what is right. We treat all with dignity and respect. We maintain values beyond reproach. As members of this profession, there's nothing more special than what we have sworn to do and in uh, our actions every day, on duty, off duty, reflect each other and reflect those that have gone before us. So always remember you're an American soldier and act like it at all times. So what can soldiers of the First Space Brigade expect from their new commander? Transparency, honesty. My uh, boss a long time ago always said, words whisper, actions thunder. And so my words and my deeds match because I truly do believe our actions thunder. And you know, I will lead from the front. I'll never, never ask anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do. And uh, to have fun, take care of our families, 
nor soldiers, nor no the spouses, no kids. So I think that's, you know, for me, that's what soldiers can expect of me. Is I'm a boots on the ground, lead from the front type of, a, type of an officer or leader. And this is my true calling in life is to lead and, and to enjoy every benefit of it. And in closing, I asked Colonel Brooks, just what exactly is it about the space domain that gets him excited? Many things about the space domain that I, I get excited about every day, but for me, I can narrow it down to, to one thing. Space is a truly is truly a global common. Everyone in the world depends upon space, whether that's just simple things, making a phone call, checking your email in the morning, getting a text, navigating around town. Space is a global common. It's one of those areas that we must protect and defend, you know, for that freedom of access, freedom of maneuver, not just for the United States, not just for the American people, but for the world as a whole. We truly rely on space for everything that we do. And if it's not there, then, uh, you know, there's serious repercussions across all of society, across all of, you know, the human race. And so that's for me, that's what I get most excited about space is just that opportunity to, to truly have a global common that we're responsible for, not just for the American people, but for all people, all mankind. Reporting from Fort Carson, Colorado, this is Sergeant First Class Aaron Ronstadt. Wow, that was a great piece. Words whisper, actions thunder. Love that. Great words to live by. I am the storm. I think I like that part best. We're on a roll here, so let's jump right into the next one. What do we got next to keep the momentum going, Melissa? Well, we are going back to Sergeant Ronstadt. It's like his own episode so far this month. But this time, he's going to explain the Sergeant Audie Murphy Award and the Sergeant Audie Murphy Club, which recently inducted several new SMDC soldiers out in Colorado Springs. Every quarter, NCOs from every command are awarded the Sergeant Audie Murphy Club Award. Recently, SMDC had their second quarter board, where four new inductees were awarded the SAMA, as it is called for short. The Sergeant Audie Murphy Club, SAMC for short, is the club inductees can choose to join after receiving the SAMA. A lot of acronyms I just threw at you, but bear with me. Established in 1986 at Fort Hood, Texas, the SAMC is a private U.S. Army organization for enlisted NCOs who display leadership achievements and performance above the rest of their soldiers. Members must exemplify leadership characterized by personal concern for the needs, training, development, and welfare of soldiers and concern for families of soldiers. Most cities with a large Army post nearby have a SAMC, where members often perform community service and participate in projects geared toward helping their fellow soldiers and military veterans. The Pike Speak Sergeant Audie Murphy Club is the Colorado Springs-based chapter and is headed by First Sergeant Eugene A.K. Patton with the Colorado Army National Guard. I sat down with First Sergeant Patton and got the lowdown on the club. The Sergeant Audie Murphy Club is the top 10% of the NCOs within the Army. It is a leadership club. Uh, it's all about developing leaders within the Army and the NCO Corps. So why would soldiers want to strive for the Sergeant Audie Murphy Award? One of the big reasons is to help out your community, your fellow soldiers, retirees, veterans. Um, most, of the, most of our dealings are with the veterans within the community. One of the big benefits I got, as you can see, I'm a first sergeant, and I think the Audie Murphy Club actually helped me develop into that position because it's all about leadership. It's not a simple question and answer board. It's about 
how you can take care of soldiers. When you go through the board, you'll get one question that could lead down a real big rabbit hole if you don't know the right answers or how to how to actually take care of your soldiers. And it, it's a it's a prestigious club. It's not just something you wear, it's something you are. As far as the process to get inducted into the club goes, Patton had this to say. Uh, it's a pretty grueling process. It's, there's four phases. Um, the first two phases come from your local command, and then you go through your battalion or brigade for the phase three, and then you sit in front of uh, CSM Dotson for phase four, and then once you're selected, um, you become part of the club. I then asked Patton what some of the questions soldiers could be asked during the boards. Um, it could be as simple as uh, a soldier gets into a car accident. What's the first thing you do? You reach out to the family, you make sure the soldier's okay, you take care of you know, the soldier and his family. Um, another question, you could have an incident with the soldier. How do you perform you know, your duties to take care of that soldier, make sure the correct actions are taken? And like I said, it could go from one simple question and you could be talking about 30 minutes on that one question. And what exactly do soldiers get when they pass all the boards? You get a, a medallion that you can wear with your dress ASUs. Um, you get a certificate. Most Usually you get like an ARCOM. But then you can be inducted into our club, and that's where you start volunteering in your community. Um, we meet twice a month typically. COVID's kind of stopped that. But we normally go out and we go out and volunteer throughout the community. Sergeant First Class Roxanne Nissen of SMDC is the secretary for the command's Sergeant Audie Murphy Board. Well, it's supposed to be a leadership excellence board, so you don't just get it handed to you. So just because you go to the board doesn't mean you're going to get it, right? You have to you have to really set yourself apart from your peers. Then, and like the board members look at everything, so they look at the last three NCOERs, they look at PT score, weapon score. It's a total soldier concept thing. So essentially, we're looking at like the top of the top for you to be an Audie Murphy awardee. So normal like studying, you got to know, you really got to know your Audie Murphy facts. You really got to know, memorize the bio. So there's quite a bit of memorization that goes into it. Um, and then just practicing answering those leadership style, situational based questions. Um, and, and oftentimes you got to figure out how to get yourself out of a rabbit hole. Nissen is also a member of the Pikes Peak SAMC and reflected on what intentions soldiers should have when they strive for the award. It does set you apart from your peers, right? Like any any um, special badge or, or medallion would, although that's not the whole point of you getting the Sergeant Murphy Award. It's not. The whole point of you doing it is because you want to continue to give back to the community and you want to help mentor others and participate in leader development and, and things like that, right? A benefit to that is it sets you apart and it could help with promotion. But somebody that comes in and is like, oh, I'm only going to do this to get promoted and then I'm not going to participate in anything else, that's, that's not what that's about. For more information on the Sergeant Audie Murphy Club, visit the Audie L. Murphy Memorial website at audiemurphy.com forward slash S-A-M-C. This is Sergeant First Class Aaron Ronstadt reporting from SMDC at Peterson Air Force Base, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And that's Mail Call. 
Beetle, you've been around a while. Do you remember getting real mail as a soldier? Stamps, envelopes, small boxes thrown at you, gathered around the first sergeant. Yeah, I remember. Although I don't remember them actually playing mail call. Usually just everyone gathering around after an accountability formation. Anyway, we've gotten a couple requests from people who want to use some of the photos SMDC has published from various events such as ceremonies, exercises, equipment, and the like. They want to know if they can use those pictures on their own web pages or social media. Are they copyrighted by the Army? So in general, all public affairs content, such as photos, videos, and even audio materials, just like this podcast, that are produced by SMDC, the Army, and the Department of Defense, is in the public domain, meaning it is copyright and royalty-free. Right. There may be some instances where media content is copyrighted for some legal or contractual reason, but that's pretty rare in my experience. In general, though, you're correct. Media material produced by public affairs is available to be used royalty-free. I think what most PAOs would ask is that when someone uses those photos and other material, they credit the source. In our case, the credit would be to the U.S. Army. You'll see that from time to time in things like magazines or news articles. When they use one of our images, it'll say U.S. Army courtesy asset or perhaps simply courtesy U.S. Army. Now, I've seen websites that sell photos that I'm pretty sure are Army photos and have even seen some of our own SMDC photos on those websites. How can they do that if they are free? Uh, That's something way beyond my understanding. And yeah, I've seen those sites too and have even seen some of my own professional photos for sale that way. Can't get into that. Here's the bottom line, though. If you think something was originally an Army asset and you'd like to use it, go back to an original DOD source for media content and find it there. The number one source I'd recommend for that is the Defense Visual Information Distribution Service, D-V-I-D-S, usually pronounced DIVIDS. That's a great place to find official Army and other DOD media content available to the public. SMDC even has its own page within DIVIDS, DividsHub.net, where you can find almost all of our articles, top photos, videos, and even episodes of the High Ground podcast. I can't believe someone is making money selling your official government pictures, Beetle. Well, joke's on them. My photos aren't really that good anyway, so they're probably wasting their time. There's a reason I do mostly videos in the podcast. (laughs) Well, speaking of the podcast, it's time for our cool jobs segment. This month, Ron got to talk to some folks from our G8 budget office, a part of the command we don't often hear about. But don't let that fact fool you. These are a highly professional bunch of soldiers, civilians, and contractors who execute our military budget and ensure we're all being good stewards of our taxpayers' money. I really learned a lot putting this piece together. We published the full interview as a special edition podcast. Here, I've cut that down significantly to give our listeners a taste of what that was like. Okay, let's take a listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special edition of the High Ground Podcast from U.S. Army Space and Missile Defense Command. I'm Ronald Bailey. Today, we're talking money, all its different forms and how we manage it to support SMDC's various missions and also to be good stewards of the taxpayers' money. And that means we'll be talking to folks from our G8 budget office, Today, I'm fortunate to have Colonel Sam Glover, SMDC's own G8 in the office, and on the phone, we have Farah 
Eckwurzel, a budget analyst from the Mighty G8 team here at SMDC. Colonel Glover, can you introduce yourself briefly and give us a little background so the folks can get to know you a little? Yes, good afternoon. I'm Colonel Sam Glover, a United States Army soldier and uh, currently a finance comptroller, but uh, I've had one of those unique journeys that I've been both enlisted and also uh, career as an Army aviation officer, a senior aviator at that. Got a chance to uh, fly both the Black Hawk TH-67 and also the uh, OH-58. So just a great opportunity training students and flying and protecting our nation. Now, Farah, you are a budget analyst. Is that the correct term? And I know there is a civil service series number that goes along with that. That's correct, Ron, a 560 budget analyst. So I joined the Department of the Army Civilian Service in 2011 as a budget, budget analyst intern with the Army Contracting Command located in Warren, Michigan. Colonel Glover, back to you for a couple of minutes. G8s are well represented across virtually every Army organization above brigade levels. What do you consider the most interesting or difficult about what the SMDC G8 team has to deal with that maybe isn't the same with other general officer level organizations? You know, the great thing about it is, uh, you know, being an Army soldier, I've worked everything from a platoon leader all the way up to a company commander through the division and the core levels. So to be here at SMDC and have special operation experience, uh, this is sort of like a, a special operations unit, being that uh, you have the great opportunity to uh, deal with the tactical warfighters, but you also get a chance to uh, help with uh, technology as far as our tech center, as well as work with our center of excellence as far as the education, but particularly being multi-compo of having both operations, reserve, as well as active duty. So that piece is exciting, but then you add being able to fund astronauts on top of that, it's a pretty cool venture. But I would like to say our mission as comptrollers here with an SMDC is pretty exciting as well. Most comptroller units you'll have is a budget person and you may have a accounting team as well too. But the great thing about our SMDC team is we have not only the budget and accounting team, but we also have a POM team, a force structure, a uh, resource management and systems team, as well as we have a contract division. Uh, all of these are very pivotal because they allow you to streamline the process so you have one-stop shopping when it comes to finance professionals taking care of the mission, and we're really excited about that. G8 is at the general officer level. For lower echelon units, such as battalions, companies, detachments, staff sections, and so on, they probably don't deal with the G8 in a holistic manner, but I'm guessing they might deal with some of those teams and team members within G8. Well. You know, the face of our organization in many cases is our budget analysts. The great thing about that budget analyst is, is their interaction day to day with either the G4 or with someone on the staff that's trying to get something paid for. Farah, Colonel Glover mentioned that budget analysts are kind of the face of G8. I'm also guessing that uh, you work with outside organizations to do some of that coordination. Who is it that you deal with? You know, who are your primary portfolios or customers? Looking at myself specifically, I primarily internally work with the G6 communications team and also the G3 operational team as well to fund a lot of their uh, requirements and also just working with other customers on a day-to-day -day basis. Example could be Big Army, the Air Force Command, working with the National Guard Bureau and also dealing with the missiles defense agency located at Redstone Arsenal. Colonel Glover, in any occupation or business, there are always some commonly held misconceptions or misunderstandings. 
for military pilots, as an example. All they do is fly all day, every day, which is far from the truth. What do you believe is the most common misconception or misconceptions about the function of G8? The wild rumor, I think, particularly when it comes to finance and comptrollers, we take care of funding the mission of SMDC, Space and Missile Defense Command, and its personnel operationally. Uh, but when you deal with mill pay, that deals with our finance depots that take place here. And most folks will have a one-stop shop or somewhere that deals with local finance. But that mill pay is usually taken care of by that finance office. Uh, but when it comes to a TDY, we would make sure that we make sure operationally that you supported us on operation and you get paid for that operation. Uh, when you look at trying to take care of adding some type of new system or program added to our organization, you know, our organization may have uh, tanks, so we don't pay for the tank because a program manager would do that. Same thing when it took place with a satellite. But what we would pay for is the operational support or we would pay from the standpoint of any system or thing that we may add to it to try to add mission capability to our unit to take care of our warfighters. Farah, here's a big one. Why does what you do as a budget analyst and a member of the SMDC G8 team matter to the Army and SMDC? If the G8 didn't exist or y'all didn't do your jobs well, how would the Army and SMDC suffer? So, Ron, we need to be able to fund and execute the requirements in order for the warfighter to accomplish the mission ultimately, right? And then what I mean by obligating is the government legally obligating resources or support. You know, without us and managing money, support services will not be provided. The mission will not be completed. And there's an additional comment I wanna to add to this, cost savings. We have to be able to provide guidance on cost savings, getting that same product at a lower price. Okay, last word still to you, Farah. Finance is something generally way off most people's radar and not something looked upon as necessarily very exciting. But I have to say how much I've enjoyed listening to both your and Colonel Glover's excitement and passion for the finance mission. To that point, what excites you about it? What makes you wanna get up every morning and do what you do? Okay, what gets me uh, going in the morning is, you know, being able to get online and communicate with all of my customers around the world and the soldiers, being able to collaborate with soldiers and the non-finance people to getting the problem solved, the mission accomplished, networking every day with so many customers and work to solving the problem. And ultimately this builds army readiness around the world. And that's what excites me. I've always understood how important budget and finance is to any organization, including the Army, but I've really liked the way Farad tied that to SMDC's mission readiness. I think that's really the bottom line. Oh, I absolutely agree. Now, that didn't actually start out life as a cool job segment, but it kind of lent itself, so I wanted to include it in this month's podcast. Melissa, that about does it for episode six. What do we have coming up for our listeners between now and the next monthly episode? We're looking forward to a couple pieces from Staff Sergeant Zach Sheely, the 100th Missile Defense Brigade, to tell us a little more about the deployment of California Army National Guard soldiers to support the brigade at the Fort Greeley, Alaska Missile Defense Complex. We're also looking forward to completing the new Ronald Reagan Ballistic Missile Defense Test Site video 
later this month. Check out our social media for its publication. And for our internal SMDC audience, be sure to check out the recently published Command Highlights with a good deal of additional content of interest to the command. This month highlights the headquarters special staff. Hey, we're done. Melissa, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. I'd invite everyone to tell your friends and coworkers about the podcast and check out our webpage, www.smdc.army.mil. From the High Ground Studio at Redstone Arsenal, Alabama, I'm Ronald Bailey. And I'm Melissa Bullard. Thanks for listening. This is SMDC.